The Chris Gaskin Show is brought to you by Niagara Falls, that honeymoon piece of shit city. Niagara Falls, where Chris Gaskin will be January 3rd, 4th, and 5th at Yuck Yucks. And now it is time, as it is Tuesday, December 4th, 2012, for The Chris Gaskin Show. And please welcome your host, filling in for Chris Gaskin, Chris Gaskin. Alright, I think that bit probably fell flat. Good job, Chris. Last minute introduction idea for your own show. Ugh. Alright, let's, uh... Let's get to this podcast. Listen, I got I got 50 minutes to kill. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, I've got a few topics that I have... That I could bring up... I think we're going to talk a lot about sports this week, all right? If you're not into sports, then wait till next week and I'll probably still be talking about sports, but probably a bit less. We'll be talking about, you know, e-games or whatever you call like like video game sports, which I'm, I'm not actually talking about video game sports, but I've been playing Halo 4 a lot online recently. Um... I basically just stuck to campaign and to Spartan Ops originally, and then I decided to test the waters and get my feet wet playing some of the other stuff. I guess, uh, not, not Spartan Ops, um, War Games is what it's called. It's like the, they put a little bit of story behind all the red versus blue matchmaking games. Great time to get a text. Awesome. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I find myself uh, playing those games and not being great, but being good. You know what I mean? Like, like I've been playing Regicide a lot, which it's basically uh, six-person free... For, like, there's no teams. Just six people, free-for-all. Just a... Every man for himself and the leader is known as the uh, is the king at that point. And you get bonus points for killing him, especially if he's been the king for a long enough time. Like it raises and it's gotten to the point where I'm leading and someone is right behind me and they kill me and win right at the end. Or... Uh, like, I'm literally 20 points out, and I know if I kill the king, I can win, and the king's, like, right there, and all I do is, is the king gets that last kill, and it's, it's, I've just come so close to winning those matches. Every other game, every game that I've won, I've been part of a team. I've been, like, capture the flag matches. I, I think I've only done two or, two of those. I've won both of those. I am good at, like, the capture the flag game type. I've always been... So I, I try and I end up on teams who can actually have a bit of teamwork, uh, which is always good. Those are the types of game types that I like. Like free for alls, it's a bit of a pain in the ass when I'm like trying to kill the king and regicide, and all of a sudden, like someone else starts shooting me. And I'm like, just focus on the king. You get more points. 
But, I mean, you get points for, like, you know, knocking me off, too. So, it makes sense, but it's just very frustrating. I'm like, all right, there's the king. I got this covered. Um, at one point, though, like, I was playing against a dude who was was good. I mean, this is a type of guy who, who played, like, if you watch, you watch, like, highlights that people save from, like, playing Call of Duty, where, where like, you'll see a guy coming back down a corner, like, crouch down, just wait until you come up, pop you. Like, it was, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, there's a king. And you, like, back up into a corner and then just wait with, like, a sticky detonator. Like, pop me and kill me right away. Like, dude, dude was good. I mean, good. I'm okay. I am serviceable at that game. I'm usually, you know, top three in a match or top two on my team. I always laugh when our team wins and I'm the best player on my team. Because I'm like, if I'm the best player on my team and we won, that's a miracle. I mean, you know, I always talk about miracles. That is a miracle right thing in there. Because I know I'm not good. I'm just okay. I like... I guess my kill-death ratio is, uh, like, I kill way more than I die in that game. But it's still not like, like, you look and you're like, dude, this guy's amazing. You're just like, this guy's good. That's about it. Yeah, I've been playing that a lot. Uh, like I said, I like the regicide mode. I think it's a cool game type. I just... It gets frustrating, basically, as, you know, you're trying to kill the king and other people just kill you instead of trying to focus on the king. I always try and focus on killing the king. Dude had, like, a jetpack and was, like, using it to to fly up and, like, beam down on me with an assault rifle. Dude was good. Ugh. I think here's my problem with the Halo matchmaking that they have right now is if you go into a lobby, you get paired up with a bunch of dudes, and the second the game ends, it just launches into another match with the same group of guys. Like it's not like it it bounces you in and tries to search for more people. It just it's like, alright, well you played with these guys, so you're gonna play with these guys again, which I don't like. I I want to just cycle and play with as many people as possible. I mean, half of them don't even use headsets. Which it's like, really, if I should, if I'm playing that way, I, I should be playing Battlefield 3, but my cousin ended up using the online code. So, I mean, he still owes me 800 gamer points so I can play that online. Jack, even though I told him not to. I told him not to. He's like, well, I'm going to try it out. And I'm like, don't try it out. Dude, because if it works, then I can't use it. He still did it. A jackass. I should check what I've got in my podcasting folder. See if there's anything. Oh, look at this. There is actually quite a bit I can talk about. It looks like a lot of it's going to be uh, sports-wise. 
All right, let's uh, talk basketball in a little bit. Even though I'm not a huge basketball fan, I, I think I can swing. Uh, I guess, what, it's Tuesday, so we're on, like, day 80, 84 of the NHL lock. Oh, excuse me, of the NHL lockout, day 84. I believe it might be 83. I don't It's it's too many days of an NHL lockout. And as a comic, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I am okay with the lockout. To the extent of that when there's hockey, it's just almost impossible to have like a proper comedy show. So realistically, like as the fact that we have comedies running quite smoothly right now, for the most part at least. I mean, it's it's now December. Oh, Jesus. 21 days, three weeks until Christmas. And yes, I will have an episode on Christmas. I will also have an episode on New Year's Day. I am determined to be putting these out every Tuesday night essentially um i try and get them out early but i'm lazy there's people from talking gasking want to do it all the time like the second i post it it's like listen you're gonna have to go by my schedule not by yours i'm not amending i'm gonna do shit when i want to do it it is your job to wait I'm not on a schedule with this, all right? My deal is that I try and put the Chris Gaskin show out every Tuesday. I don't care what time it goes out. I I could post it if I record it the night before at 2 a.m., really. West, uh, you know, Pacific Standard Time. Or I could post it. Uh, like today, which will end up being at like 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 5 p.m. really. Um, I don't, I, I just have the goal as long as it's posted on Tuesday. I have such a small audience. I really don't think, I, I haven't received any emails from my audience saying, hey, could you get it on a set time? I don't think they give a shit. I think they listen to it. On Wednesday, maybe, which probably explains why we're going to have a Tuesday gig. I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's do this Tuesday show. You know, like five people come out. <laughs> it's not necessarily true. Uh, yeah, I, I think... Uh, I, I got to send a message because Friday night is uh, my good friend, Michelle Shaughnessy. She's actually moving back to Toronto. She's having her going away show at Goldie's Pizza. She wants me to do a set there. So I, I got to get a hold of a few people and just make sure that happens. Um, he said she's a very, very funny comic. It'll be sad to see her moving on back to where she came from. 
Yeah. I, I always look at it, uh, I think the most honest way to look at it as a comic is just like, oh, that's, you know, that's my friend and, you know, she's moving on and it's sad to see her moving on. But at the same point, you're like, good, I don't got to compete with you, bitch. Good riddance. Good luck. I hope you do well. Now that you're gone, you know, maybe they'll allow me to step up a little more. Whatever. It's not like you get the respect that you deserve in this city you start out in. Ugh. Alright, should should we move on to sport? Should we talk about Halo 4 multiplayer? That's done. Wasted maybe 10 minutes. Ugh. 40 more minutes, people. I'm gonna get through this. Uh... Oh, yeah, I I was talking. Jesus Christ, did I get off topic really quickly there. Um, I was trying to talk about the NHL and how they just keep canceling games. And they, uh, they've got the... They brought in mediators last week. And within hours, the mediators just quit. They quit and they're like, you know, we'll come back when, when things seem to calm down. That is not a good sign for your league. And first of all, it's not only uh, our meteors walking in and just being like, dude, fuck this. These people are crazy. Like, this is the... Your job is to be... Your job is to be Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson and Wedding Crashers. I mean, not like crashing weddings and sleeping with hot chicks. I'm talking like the start of the movie where... Dwight Yoakam and I always forget his wife's name have their cameo at the start and they're bickering and they're just sitting there waiting for the bickering to end and they're like hey you know what well at least we settled this right we're getting things moving don't worry about it that was the mediator's job is to just sit there listen to the bickering And then turn around and be like, all right, so here's the deal. We got, we got a glass quarter full, which is less than empty. I say we're halfway there all because all we got to do is meet it halfway, right? Am I right, people? Am I right, Batman? Am I right, Fear? Yeah? So really, if, if we just get that other half, I mean, what, what do you want for the other half? All right. And what do you want for the other half? Okay, cool. So you, so you just, you're okay with like the 50-50, but you just want them to honor the current contracts. Okay, and you're okay with the 50-50. You're okay with the 50 So why don't you honor the current contracts? Look at that. Boom. Problem solved. Done. Listen, I know I'm talking out of my ass. I know that, uh, you know, Talks like these are a lot more complex thing than my little skit right there, as people call it. Little comedy skit. Just love when people... I like your little skit. I've actually been doing uh, some writing recently. 
and just like working out old bits and working out new bits. And I do my writing uh, in a number of different ways, but the way it always ends up is I, I kind of uh, co-conspire with my buddy Brian Major. We, we always go back and forth through Google Documents and we comment on each other's material. So like he, he'll write a joke and I'll be like, I don't think this line is funny. You could probably get rid of this line or, or I, I think it's redundant. Or if you move this line up here, I think the flow would be a lot better for the way you want it to go. I mean, the, the thing about my act that like I've, I've been getting into like arguments with Brian though over my act. Which I understand is he's he's looking at like certain parts and he's like, oh, this part's good, this part's bad, which I'm okay with. Like he's got his opinions, um, but like my act isn't like here's a joke, here's another joke, here's another joke. I try and have it structured so everything's just like intertwined and interconnected. And, Almost has like a point A to point B by the time I'm done my set. So it's almost like I'm telling a story while I'm up there. It is very much an act, but at the same point, like I can play around, bounce around a little bit here and there, play around with the audience. But the way that I like to do it is to have a flow. So I don't believe in the fact that Every joke needs to end with as big a laugh as possible. I'm comfortable with certain jokes having a laugh in the middle and then getting laughs on the way out that are that are good laughs, but just using them to transition into my next bit. Um, so I've had like those arguments where he'll point out like like this. This line should be at the end. And I'm like, but if it's at the end, like it, it just, the timing of it doesn't work. We've been arguing about a new joke uh, that I wrote. I'll say it on the podcast. I've only told it once and it was, uh, I didn't record it. So it's not like I can go, here's, here's a joke, here's a proof. But uh, to say my set last night was abysmal. Uh, would be an understatement. That said as well, there, you know, when I hit the stage, there was maybe half the crowd that ended up there by the end. And even off the top, they were, they were reluctant and I went up bullet. So it was kind of like not, it, it was a write-off really. But at the same point, like it's, I really had a terrible set. But I knew it was a write-off, so it's not like I, I got off and I was like, yep, yeah, mother... I was like, yeah, okay, that happened. That happened. Back to the drawing board. But the one joke that I did that really worked was the one that him and I had been arguing about. I wrote three jokes, and and I was like... he The first two he commented on, he's like, this one's good, this one's good. And like I was busy, like, all right, like these obviously aren't finished. But I was like, this one right here, I think this one is my favorite joke. 
And he's like, yeah, that one's my least favorite. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, it's not funny. I'm like, I'm telling you it's funny. And I think the problem is, is the fact that we're, I mean, he lives up in Prince George. I live down here in Vancouver. So it, it's really tough to tell tone in the joke. But at the same point, we know each other well enough that we, we should know each other's tone as we're telling the jokes, right? Which is what I, I try and read his writing in his voice, like what I imagine him doing it as. So I got a joke. Uh, and the way it goes is, is I talk about how I always laugh when women talk uh, about how they know what a man's thinking. Because, like, I try not to be that arrogant. I, I don't know exactly what a woman's thinking, but I know psychologically how things work, right? But, like, women always talk about how, how they think, seeing how I'm killing the startup, just because there's no context in my act right now. Um, all right, but the idea is about how women always talk like they know what men are exactly thinking, and... The thing that I heard, I heard like two girls talking. One girl goes to the other. She goes, she goes, you should never sleep with a guy on the first date. He will never respect you. And I started laughing. I was like, what? I only respect women after they have sex with me. All right. Like that is. Like that was a tough decision for her to make. All right. The. To do that. Like look at her. Look at her. Crying in the bathtub. That was. Whew. Whew. She went through hell making that decision. That I respect her. I. It's a simple little joke. And it does fit within my act. And I. It's. It, it is the funniest of the three. I'm sure of it. It's funny, though, when he points out, like, oh, this will go with your act easy. And I'm like, that one goes with my act easy. He's like, where? I'm like, dude, I have a giant chunk about psychology and relationships. All right? That's not how it comes across. Because I'm not specifically saying, oh, this is all based on psychological studies. All right? So it comes across as, like, almost matter of fact. Sometimes it comes across as... Uh, misogynistic, which isn't my goal. It's not. I don't hate women, and and really, if you listen to like the underlying tone, or you know the underlying message of what I'm saying, if you will, that there isn't really a message. I'm just trying to be funny. But if if you like read between the lines, I'm not sitting there saying, "Oh fuck, women, I hate." These dumb hoes, bitches. No, not at all. Not at all. That's why it cracks me up when that's what people think I'm doing. I'm like, really? That's what you think I'm doing? Were you just listening to that? Or did you hear me talk about like just psychological stuff? But just in the most basic terms. I don't want to throw out these huge like, so you're Medulla Hoplongada. It focuses on memories of your past, which brings to your life, like, no. I want to make shit as simple as possible and as funny as possible. That way, 
many people can relate to it. I don't mind pushing boundaries. As I've said uh, in previous podcasts, in in the one coming up, uh, I, I believe it's going to be the first or second week of January. I think the second week of January. The 8th, I believe. Uh, I should probably... Yeah, because I'll be recording the New Year's day one right on New Year's. Um, yeah, but the one on the 8th will be recorded... Uh, like, I recorded it like a week ago, but I recorded it with Damian Brown and Will, and I was talking about being polarizing on stage. And we got into wrestling talk at that point, which wasn't... I I mean, I, I started out in show business as a pro wrestling referee, but the idea that he had is, like, people can love to hate you. And I'm like, that's not what I'm out for. Like, people... People love me on stage, at least for the most part. I don't want to be hated, but I want to be polarizing. All right, so I want people to either hate me or love me. I don't want that middle of the ground. I saw Chris Gaskin. They they won't even remember my name at that point. I saw some kid, he was funny. I want them to be like, dude, I saw Chris Gaskin, he was hilarious. Or I saw Chris Gaskin and I fucking hated him. I hated him. He was a misogynistic piece of shit. I'd be like, alright. Fair enough. At least you know my name. At least that. But I've been fighting with Brian about like how I structure my act. and you know, I understand it. Because like I said, I've talked with other people about how they structure their act. So I do understand uh, that he's trying to help out. Like, this isn't a guy who, you know, like, well, fuck him. You know, I got a lot of respect for him, but at the same point, it's like there, there's an ebb and flow that I try and build. And it's trying trying to explain that. By the way, trying to explain that over, like, Facebook chat is next to impossible as well. So it's like when I'm talking with uh, with like my buddy Andy, uh, who I, I got to send him a message and see if we can do an episode together for when I'm in Ontario because we uh, he used to co-host the original form of the Chris Gaskin show, which really I, I did want a different name because it was the both of us. Um, well, let's be honest, I always do most of the talking anyways. The fact that I can do a 50-minute podcast all by myself uh, astounds me, in fact. I, like, even I know, I'm like, dude, just shut up. God, just take take a breath for half a second. Andy, I, I always bug him about how he structures his acting, how his opening joke should be his closing joke. I mean, I'm I'm just repeating stuff that I've said on other podcasts now. Uh, let's see. I talked about that. I talked about that. And I talked about that. I 
This is the most unprofessional thing I can do. I'm going through notes right now. Uh, you'll just hear clicking as I delete stuff. And hey, I talked about that. This is like, like when you watch like a comic trying new stuff. He goes on stage. He's like looking through a notebook. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that joke. That joke's, that joke's not that good. Just shut up and tell a joke. All right? That's what I should do. I should just shut up, move to my next topic. I don't know if I want to talk about that one right now. You know, you know, try that one. Um, LeBron James was named the Sports Illustrated 2012 Sportsman of the Year, which I think is bullshit. All right, I I think it's good for him that he won a championship. That's what he wanted. You know, finally gets one to go with his receding hairline. Oh, he's pushing back his headband more and more as the seasons go by. Dude, just shave your head. Just go do the Michael Jordan thing. He realized it by the time he was 25. He shaved his head. The rest of his life, he was good. People were like, dude's good-looking guy. Shaved head. Look at him. They'll say the same. For, well, okay, maybe not. You, LeBron James' mug isn't that pretty, you know? I'm not saying Michael Jordan was pretty. I don't want to get this twisted. What I'm trying to say, though, is let's just be honest here. All right? Just if, if you're balding, shave your head. Or at least just bald gracefully. Cut it short. Don't try and hide it with a headband or a comb over it. People know what you're trying to do. All right? That's beside the point, though. LeBron James... Uh, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. All right. Which, I mean, really at this point, who are you going to give it to? Really? You know what I mean? Like, like I, I understand why they gave it to him. But at the same point, it's like, yes, you won a championship. That is what you wanted to do. Good for you. But you also won a championship with Chris, or Chris, with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Like you couldn't do it on your own. And basketball is a game where you need a good supporting staff. But if you have a really good guy, like he he brought the Cavaliers to the finals and they couldn't win it, or at least to the Eastern Finals. I'm pretty sure he brought them to the finals, and they didn't win it. Like, I don't know if he's as great a player as people say. I don't know if it's as good a perf- like if he put up the the greatest performance of the year. I still think that probably goes to Christine Sinclair. Uh, in that game in the Olympics. She scored all three of Canada's goals. The the fact that they lost that was an absolute travesty at the end. Like, and not because of... Like, just the fact that they lost was brutal. Uh, but the way that they lost. Like, it, just terrible calls. Um, but Sinclair put on probably one of the best performances I've seen uh, in a game in a long time. And that's not... That's not to say that 
they weren't good. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like... Like, I've seen, like, Fabregas and, and Messi and Rooney put on, like, amazing showcases. But to do it on a stage like that, like, no one's truly done it on a stage like that where they've just taken over gaming a long time. And Sinclair did it. So I, I think she had probably the best performance in a game of this year. Um, are they really going to put Christine Sinclair... Sports Illustrated's going to put a, a Canadian girl as their top athlete of the year. No, I understand that. Like I said, it, realistically, who else are you going to put? You're going to put... Who's a, like, there was no big hockey star this year, no big sports star this year. I mean, you had... Uh, Yeah, it's like LeBron James is really the only guy who you put up there. So I understand that. Um, At the same point, though, like I said, he won his title with both Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. I mean, the Lakers are, are in trouble right now, but it's mostly because like the, they've got players who are just failing to change their game up. It's, uh... Yeah, I I just... I think it's bullshit that he wins it because he's on a pile-on team that was bound to win a championship regardless, all right? It's kind of like when Boston had, like, the big three when they got, like, Kevin Garnett. He's yelling anything is anything is possible. People. Anything is possible. Can't believe he yelled that. Anything is possible. Yeah, of course, Kevin, anything is possible when you add three more stars to a basketball team where you really only have 10 or 11 people playing in a game on your side. Yeah. So like I said, you know, he finally won a championship. That's good for him. I I would have loved to see him win a championship in... Uh, was it Cleveland? Played for the Cavs, right? Cleveland Cavaliers, that's right, yeah. I would have loved to see him, like, like they really, he really underestimated what he meant to that city. Um, it's not like, I don't feel bad, because that, that totally wasn't his decision to, to pull that whole, all right, let's do an hour-long speculation. Am I going to stay in Cleveland? Just to be like, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Fuck you, bitches. No income tax in Miami. See ya. You know, just... It's like... Cleve- Listen, Cleveland smells bad. Like, like... It's not like he did that, you know, but he, he kind of did. But it, I don't think that was his decision as much as, like... 
some probably his agent was like, you know, what we could do, we get you like like a very high rated, you earn a bunch of money from like the station and a bunch of money through like advertisement sales, and dude, it'll be great. You'll have an hour's worth of TV. We'll talk about your past, and we'll talk about you growing up in Cleveland, and then at the end, you'll be like, fuck you, Cleveland. Uh, and he's like, yeah, okay, it's going to get me paid, whatever. So like I said, I, I mean, realistically, who else are you going to put up for player of 2012? Again, I understand I'm just not happy with the decision, mostly because of you know, the fact that he won the championship on a team with two other like like first round drafted stars. To me it's it's just ridiculous. It's like you should have won that. It's basketball is a type of game where, as long as you have uh, one all star, and then one dude who's who's just below all star, you should be able to bring it in pretty close. Like Kobe Bryant. Won a championship, two champion. I think he won two championships without Shaquille O'Neal. You know, it's not he had what Paul Gasol, but Paul Gasol isn't like he's not an All Star. He's he's one of those like close to being an All Star, and now he's half assing it. I really feel bad for Kobe. Kobe's my dude, and I'll tell you why. A lot of people don't like Kobe. They think he's got an attitude problem, or they think, you know, oh, he's arrogant. And that's not it at all, all right? The reason I like Kobe is because the way Kobe plays is he just wants to win. That's all. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to win he hates losing. I love players like that. All right, I love a player who, who will sit there and call out his teammates for half-assing it, and that's what he's been calling out, uh, Pau Gasol. Quite recently, he's been he's been calling out the fact that he's not posting up as much as he should be, that he's not playing uh, with the new style, that he just keeps bitching about the new style of play. Well, you've got Steve Nash. This is a guy who thrives on transition basketball. They they aren't slow playing the clock like they were. I mean, they were still a high-scoring team, but they'd always slow play the clock. You can't do that with Steve Nash. That's not his game. Steve Nash is a very, like, let's pick and screen, screen and roll type player. Cause a pick. Play screen and rolls, like fast movements, uh, and, and like transition basketball is Steve Nash's game. And if you watch Kobe Bryant, Kobe has 
bought into that game mentality. He he's been running for for a thirty four year old in a sport where it's it's a young man's sport to to be playing at a level he's still playing at is insane. He is the best player since Jordan. Anyone who says that LeBron James is the best player since Jordan is out of their fucking mind, all right? LeBron is a great player. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, he's realistically the only guy who deserves that, but the fact that they pretty much just gave it to him strictly because he... I mean, they could have given it to Jonathan Quick... How quick? Quick probably deserved it. That dude had like an amazing season and brought uh, an eighth-seeded team to win the championship. I mean, didn't you win the Con Smythe too? Or I mean, you know, Jonathan Quick. There you go. There, there's a player who. Deserves Sports Illustrated Player of the Year. But of course they give it to... I mean, you can't give it to an NHL player at this time. You know? The NHL still in shambles. So you give it to LeBron James. But it's like they just gave him Sportsman of the Year because he won the title. Not because he was the best player. That's really at least how I read it. Um... I'm going to read a LeBron, or sorry, a Kobe Bryant quote, though. Uh, this is what he said. This was after the 113-103 loss to the Orlando Magic, who aren't a good team. They're 6-10, and 10, uh, probably 6-11 and 11 or 6-12 and 12 now, but they're not a good team. All right. Uh, I'll kick every... Buddy's ass in the locker room if it doesn't happen talking about trying to get the team together. Uh, it's the attitude you have to have. Meta is the same way. Dwight has it in him as well. Even though he smiles a lot, he cares a lot about this. Come hell or high water, this has to get done. Right, uh, here's another quote. He says, Powell has to make some adjustments, obviously, to his game. He might not be posting up as much as he likes, but he just has to... Oh, sorry. Because he, he likes to play the post-up game. But realistically, now they've got two centers in Pau Gasol and Dwight I mean, realistically, this LA Lakers team is like the epitome of a pylon team. So he may get his sixth ring, but it's with Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, uh... And Dwight Howard in Meta World Peace and him. That's like five all stars. But you got to learn how to play everyone's game, right? So here, this is what he says. The reality is, I've adjusted. I've never run this many screen and rolls in my entire life, but I've worked on it. I've worked on handling the ball, worked on coming off screens and making plays. I'm used to being in the post much, much more. You have to adjust. You have to master what it is we're trying to do here. Paul's talented enough and good enough to be able to do that. Put on your big boy pants. Come on, just adjust. Uh, 
you can't whine about it or complain about it. Heck, I'm 34 years old and I'm running screening roles because Steve is out and my ass is running up and down the court more than I have in my entire life. But you just have to adjust to it. End quote. I mean, really, he's... Dude's getting pissed off because Pau Gasol just keeps bitching about uh, the fact that he's not working with the flow of the game. I, I mean, it's like I said, it's an up-tempo game for for a guy who has to restructure his offense. And it's it's really explaining the struggles that the Lakers are having right now is just turmoil in the locker room. But like I said, it's it's Kobe's this type of guy because he just hates to it's not that he loves to win, it's he hates to lose. All right? And I like those guys. That's why I like Terrell Owens. Terrell's one of those guys too who hates to lose. That's why he, you know, it comes across as bitching, but it's not bitching. It's just honesty. You had Terrell Owens uh, in his prime playing for Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb and Terrell saw the ball enough but probably didn't get it as much as he should have and rightfully so he should bitch about that because their team was losing. It's not like Terrell Owens after a win was like, yeah, we won, but I only had 100 receiving yards. He was like, fuck yeah, we won. We're awesome. It was when they lost. It was when he was like, this is bullshit. I need the ball. Why are you not passing it to me? I like those players. Um, Speaking of the NBA, I I would like to talk about Popovich versus Stern. Uh, This is a fascinating story. Absolutely fascinating. Um... Stern has been talking about, uh, let me see if I can, no, that's not the one, Michael Stern, uh, that's an FCC one, thanks a lot, Google, you jackass, David Stern, there it is, look at that, David Stern Spurs, all right, so, um, there's been this whole drama over what had happened, the Spurs, had to, what they, they charged, Jesus Christ, see, I knew that, I knew they were going to charge, they find the Spurs, they weren't going to find, so this is what happened, all right, and I think this is an utter farce, completely ridiculous, San Antonio Spurs played four games in five nights, which is almost unheard of. Realistically, all right, it, it, it's this is uh, a schedule that should only be set for seasons that have to be like like shortened seasons, and you got to play you know, like like last year. All right, the teams only played what 50, 60 games, I think, before the playoffs started. They had to have a, a condensed season. So they had teams playing four games in five nights. But that's that's so, supposed to be only for condensed seasons. Yet 
The Spurs had a road trip where they played four games in five nights, which is utterly ridiculous. All right? That scheduling is brutal. So I have no idea um, why the Spurs are getting fined other than the fact, and they got fined 200, like a quarter of a million dollars, which, you know, for a basketball team isn't too much money, but it's still, you know, for me, that's, God, that's like 10 years worth of working. It's ridiculous. God, it's probably more than that. I, when I start hitting my stride as a comic, you know, hopefully I'll be clearing six figures. At least be able to to make a good living. But at this point, it's like, it's like you know, I don't make a lot of money doing this. But at the same point, it's, this is what happened. David Stern finds the Spurs $250,000. Because Greg Popovich, the coach for the Spurs, whose job it is, is to win championships. Not to win regular season games, to win championships. Sent four of his five starters home to rest on the last day of that four and five road trip. And the last game was against the Miami Heat. Now, the problem is, is these are two of the top teams in the league, the San Antonio Spurs, the Miami Heat. It was on TNT, and right away, uh, Daniel Stern's throwing a hissy fit online. And TNT is apologized. Like, they, I don't know how many times they threw up that graphic apologizing for the fact that most of the Spurs starters were out. And not only that, the Spurs nearly won that game. Like, they battled in that game. If they had won, what would Stern say at that point? Like, he would have been backpedaling so fast after that hissy fit. Like, like I think, I don't think David Stern is right doing this. Uh, the problem is, is it's star-driven marketing. It's, it's ridiculous. And like I said, this is the, this is the epitome of having someone like like LeBron James doing what he did when he left Cleveland. And like I said, probably not his fault. Probably, like I said, his manager or his agent's idea, right? But I mean, it's... Like I said, you're in a league, your job as the coach is strictly... To win a championship. When you're playing 4-5. and five And your team. I, you might as well rest your players. But the question is. Why rest your I mean a lot of people say. Or were saying that. You know. They, they were resting them. In case they played them in the final. That's bullshit. Alright. Again. You're playing 4-5 and five games. That's why you should be. Resting your team. Um, All right, I got I've been doing this for about fifty minutes now. I got to wrap this, wrap this podcast up. Uh, was more that I wanted to talk about. Um, there's been a lot of news regarding Microsoft Surface, which uh, I am planning on purchasing. I I would like like a netbook or a note. I would like a notebook, not really a netbook. 
using notebooks, can't do much. Um, so I'd like a notebook that I can take on the road. But because I'm a comic, um, and I will be traveling quite a bit starting in January, first show, Niagara Falls, go get married there, you unoriginal people. Uh, the crappy city built around uh, water. Good job, people. Good job. You... <laughs> Listen, last time I played Niagara Falls, I had a fucking blast. All right? I love Niagara Falls. I'm, I'm just trying to shit on the town because I hope it actually brings a few more listeners uh, to this podcast that'll actually come out to the show and watch me do my thing. Um, that That's why I think it's funny. Uh, that said, uh, <laughs> that said, uh, my point that I'm trying to make, uh, I can't haul around my computer tower with me on the road. That would be ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I, I'm going to have to like haul around. I, I, here's the thing is I do want to do a couple podcasts when I'm on the road. Like I said, I'm putting together bunch of podcasts, uh, one-on-one interviews while I'm off, uh, like, like right now, and I'm just going to have them scheduled to be posted. So there you go, talking Gaskin, all right? You'll have them on a schedule when I'm gone. I hope you enjoy that, right? Got a bitch about, when's the podcast going up? I'll just shut up. Just, just wait. Do, do your episode on Wednesday. Why do you have to do it on Tuesday? You know? I'm not I'm not actually upset at them. I'm just lazy right now. I I should have done this episode last night and put it up early, but realistically is eh fuck it. I'll I'll put it up when I put it up. I can deal with it. Um so anyways, I I'm going on this tour. Uh so my plan is to buy a Microsoft Surface with Windows 8 Pro. Uh, the pricing is a bit higher than I had expected. But realistically, it's about the same price as a MacBook Air. And, I mean, it's what I want is something of the quality of a MacBook Air with Windows on it. Um... I do have Windows 8 on my PC, and I do enjoy it. Uh, It's something that as soon as I figured out how to navigate it quickly with a keyboard and mouse, because I don't have a touch monitor, uh, I actually very much enjoy it. But I know with touch, it'll be so much quicker to get around. But realistically, just being able to hit the Windows key and then type in the name of the file or the application or uh, I guess like the settings menu that you're looking up is absolutely awesome. And being able to search uh, through Google Chrome or through Wikipedia or through Google search. I I use Google Chrome. That's another reason that I don't want the one with uh, Windows runtime. The problem with Windows Runtime is you can't run executable files because it's on an ARM processor. 
running Intel or uh, AMD, right? It's running off of ARM, so so they, it can't run EXE programs. So it's kind of like a bastardized version of Windows 8 um, that has Internet Explorer 10, which is okay. It's not great. It's okay. I mean, the beauty of Windows Internet Explorer 10, um, even like the desktop version, rather than like the the tile version, is you can pinch to zoom. You can't do that with Google Chrome yet, uh, but you can do that with Internet Explorer 10. Uh, but at the same point, like I, I'm so used to using Google Chrome that that's just my go-to web browser. And I want something that I can do that on. I don't want a Chromebook because I do want something that I can edit these podcasts with, that I can edit video files with. Um, so realistically, the right choice for me will probably... And like I said, I want something that's super portable. Every time uh, I look it up, I just I just get like that Wayne's World like She will be mine. Oh, yes, she will be mine. And I really want to go to the Microsoft store at, I think it's what, the Yorkdale Mall or, or the Yorkshire or Yorktown Mall. <laughs> it's up in northern Toronto. Uh, there's a mall that actually has like a proper Microsoft store. Not one of these pop-up stores that's going to disappear by the time the Microsoft Surface with Windows 8 Pro arrives. Um I mean, realistically speaking, it, I do want to walk up like Wayne's World and just like play with one. All right, someone else wants to play with it. No, my good sir, I think I'm going to buy it. I think I'm feeling, so you say frisky. I think I'm feeling frisky today. I think I'm going to buy this. And then just pull, pull a lot of money out of my pocket. Do you accept cash? Cha-ching! Uh, I got to watch Wayne's World. Uh, I just watched the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises again because it came out on DVD today. Uh, still, uh, I stand by the fact that it's an excellent movie. That's it for this week's podcast. Uh, see you next Tuesday.